Greetings, Amigops, and Top Teners everywhere. Welcome back to another edition of Top Ten with Kyle and Mike. I am your co-host, Kyle. Opposite me today is your lovely paintbrush-wielding co-host, Michael. Now, not directly opposite me or your co-host, Michael, is your other favorite Michael, Mikey Mike. Avid listeners of the podcast will remember him from previous episodes of Mythbusters and Movie Weekend Part 1. Today, Michael has joined us to bring us a list of which the topic is unknown, to me at least. Whatever that list is, we will discuss it and vigorously debate it until by the end of this episode, which hopefully will come in around an hour, we will have arrived at a definitive top 10 of that list. So, Mikey Mike. What are we talking about today? All right, guys. Thanks for having me back yet again. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a it's a real pleasure to have you back. And I have a strong feeling that I and we speak for our, our audience in saying that. Good. Yeah. So this week's list is inspired by a trip that I recently took where myself, my dad, and my sister went down to South Africa. And we went on a safari adventure, and overall it was awesome, but I put together a top 10 list of those really cool and awesome parts of that trip. So so Kyle and I had, had an idea that this was going to generally be the topic, and just I want to give the audience a good sort of uh, sketch of what it's like to be your friend, <laughs> because I think... I I think that we have adequately fanboyed over you as a podcast. Like I think we've made it clear that we think you're very handsome, we think you're very smart, we think you're very capable. Like we just generally fawn over you on this podcast, but I I'm concerned that we haven't adequately conveyed just the strangeness of what you choose <laughs> to communicate to us versus what you choose not to communicate to us. So Kyle, you might remember better than I do. How did you and I actually find out that this safari happened? And like, this is this is a, a, a probably what a ten day trip after like a ten mm-hmm. hour flight. Like a big deal of a trip, sixteen hour flight. Yeah. Okay, sixteen hour flight. So this is this is what would qualify as a BFD. So Kyle, how did we actually f- uncover this this little? Mike gem? texted us like a. Uh... We like to text each other um, pictures when we see shit that reminds us of one of our favorite shows, True Detective. And, like, without, yes, that's without, what it was. Yes, that, that was what it was. Without any fucking preamble whatsoever, Mikey Mike sends us a picture. It's like, hey, check it out. It's one of those little, like, um, twine, like, stick pyramid voodoo things. And we're like, ah! And then you you were like, oh, it's, it made it down to South Africa. And we were like, What? <laughs> <laughs> we're like wait are you are you in south africa right now also i just had an idea i'm gonna find yeah. that text message yes i have it that is a hundred percent going to be our um that's gonna be the cover art for our our week because <laughs> this is the most incredible yeah i have it here okay so so mike sends us i'm actually <laughs> yeah, just gonna read, read this out loud for the text. so so we're texting okay so, Okay, I've got this this whole chain. Okay, so it's it's Tuesday, August or I'm sorry, Thursday, August 1st at 9:44 a.m. And I'm going to read this whole chain. Sorry guys, this is a little long. Kyle texts 
me and Mikey Mike, I know it's really fucking long, but should we put the good, the bad, and the ugly on our list for movie weekend this year? We never finished it freshman year. I said, this is a requirement. Kyle says, speaking of spaghetti westerns, get your asses to see Once Upon a Time stat. I text back, oh, I have. Happily. Okay, so that was August 1st. So In my then, defense, I didn't have cell service yeah. for like a week and a no, half. So. Of course you, of course you didn't, Mike. You were in <laughs> South Africa. So, right. so then we get a text back Sunday, August fourth. So three days later at eight forty a.m. The good, the bad, and the ugly should definitely be considered. Exclamation point. <laughs> P.S. In case you needed nightmare fuel, they have the devil catchers in South Africa. Nowhere is safe picture should be incoming along with a picture of what appears to be a prop from the set of true detective <laughs> in the middle of a dirt track that richard attenborough almost certainly traversed in a safari jeep <laughs> at which point i text back <laughs> uh three hours later mike are you in south <laughs> africa <laughs> to which and i will end it here to which mike answers I was just got back. I'm an excellent communicator. I don't know what your what your issue is here. Oh my god! <laughs> and and it's it's worth noting. Um, and I don't want to spoil anything on the pod, but Mike was in Kyle's wedding, and again, I don't want to spoil anything. But I'm getting married somewhat shortly, and you know. I, like I said, don't want to make any announcements in the podcast. I have some plans for Mike. So Mike, <laughs> Mike is in the inner circle. And I like to think, though I'm not certain, that we're in Mike's inner circle. And his traveling halfway across the planet just didn't register. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> yeah. So with all of that preamble, I am utterly lubricated i'm very excited it's important like and part of the reason that we that we share that bit of information is that we are yeah. in like i we have no idea what you did we've held off on all recapping like we th we know nothing about this trip <laughs> other than that you went on it so we are totally in the yes. dark yes totally totally in the dark that's a really good point we actually in service of the podcast uh, put a moratorium on discussing what actually happened on this trip so that we could we could catch it all live. So, this is a live catch up among friends. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Mikey, Mike, uh, why don't you tell us about some some cool things about your time in South Africa? Okay. So I guess, long story short, went to South Africa, went to Johannesburg, ended up at a place kind of out in the middle of nowhere, kind of on the border with Botswana. And sure. spent nine days there, and these are top ten moments. So I guess we'll start with top number ten. Yep. Does that sound this, good? Uh, this makes me so happy. I'm I'm primarily glad that I've now heard you say Botswana in like an actual context that wasn't a history <laughs> class. So I'm I'm pumped about that. Good. All right. Damn. So number ten, I'm gonna go with the food, um, and it's so low because. I mean, it wasn't anything like crazy delicious and amazing. You know, it wasn't five-star cuisine or anything, but just mm -hmm. the exoticness of the food we were eating. So we yeah. had antelope sausages, wildebeest. Oh. We had 
kudu steaks. We had Gemsbuck steaks, like all kinds of these wild animals that you've never even heard of before. Um, what what is a what is a gemsbuck? They're all kind of antelopes. Um, so a gemsbuck okay. is it's bigger than a deer, probably like a mm-hmm. four or five hundred pound animal, and it has really Ooh. long straight horns. It, you see a bunch of these bunch of these motherfuckers running around in the Lion King. I feel like like they look very much like those. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Mike, let's talk. So, I feel like I can easily envision um, the kudu and the antelope and the gemsbuck tasting like something in sort of the I don't I'm forgetting what that family is called, but like the deer family, mm-hmm. so sort of venisony in taste. Yeah, I think, I think they're all wrong. Kind of antelope, which is it's deer ish. Um, okay, and now, and now, what about a wildebeest? What does that actually taste like? Is that more beefy or more venisony? Surprisingly, they all tasted fairly beefy. I mean, maybe, maybe it was really, it was all kind of covered in some sort of sauce or something. Mm. Uh, it wasn't mm-hmm. just straight up, but um, yeah, it tasted very beefy. There wasn't a ton of super gaminess to it, which was surprising. Yeah, but um, it was all delicious. You know, it's it's fun to. Now, say what about oakiness? Oakiness. Maybe a little bit, a little bit of mahogany-ness or mm-hmm. uh, some kind of rich bourbon flavor, flavor to it. Yeah. I'm envisioning a scenario where you made eye contact with a wildebeest for too long and it like stamped its feet and charged at you and you like grabbed it by its <laughs> horns and you like, uh, like ground yeah. your feet into the ground and you were like fighting each other and then you lurched and you tackled it to the ground and then you like let it go but then you ate another wildebeest later for dinner is that like fair to say that's kind of how your experience went um that's close uh, <laughs> i personally didn't do that that doesn't surprise me at all yeah. your 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 clan is uh your clan is tough folk <laughs> strong people uh-huh yes yeah, strong folk strong people yeah Good right, I like that. I heard. I heard. I actually have a coworker who's um, whose boyfriend is from South Africa, and she visited his family for the first time. I think last year, and uh, the big report mm-hmm. she gave me was that it's it's a great barbecue. Like it's a very meat centric food culture. Yes, there was a lot of yeah. kind of campfires and cooking over an open fire, that kind of deal. Yeah, that's right up your alley. That's, awesome. that's that yeah. is where you belong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Good. Thoroughly. That's wonderful. Are we ready for number nine? For sure. That one is going to be the landscape in general. So just mm. kind of being in a world where you have red slash orange dirt and like these big old plateaus and mountains all over the place, completely different mm-hmm. trees and grasses and shrubs than you're used to. Um, it just reminds you that you're on the other side of the planet. That's a whole other world. That was just a a really cool experience for somebody who hasn't really been too far away from the continental states. You know, you're it's Mm -hmm. it's a whole big world and experience that was awesome. Can you can you set us properly so so you're in this area? You said um, kind of towards the the border of Botswana and South Africa. You're like out of Joburg. Mm -hmm. So so you're in a campsite like you're on the savannah what like where are you actually so where are you sleeping at night where are you there's like a little hunting lodge so it's like a okay. three bedroom 
lodge with, you know, it's got dining rooms and stuff. We weren't roughing it, but um, it wasn't yeah. like in a hotel. It was a lodge, a hunting lodge. And it's out like on on the plains? Yeah. Yeah. With other folks like that you were traveling with or was it just you and your, like your sister and dad? So it turned out that we were the only ones staying at the lodge for that week. So I guess they've done um, hunts before where they'll have more more than one group. But for us, it was just the three of us and then whoever was actually maintaining the, the lodge. So the cooks and the, the maids and everything were, were there. So you had the place to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I don't want to spoil anything later in the list accidentally, but maybe I'm maybe I was missing a part of this um, that I actually think you may have kind of hinted at. So you were there with guides who were going to help you with potentially some uh, harvesting of the food that you ate in number ten. Yes. Yes. Okay. It was, All right. I, I don't mean, want to spoil any further. No. I didn't really spoil anything. It's it was okay. private property. Like we weren't out in the yep. bush. And, oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so let's we be had very clear. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. Mikey. Mike was doing and potentially will be describing later here it was certainly legal and perfectly ethical. And <laughs> <laughs> Mike is Mike is an is a knowledgeable outdoorsman and treats all life with great respect. <laughs> Except when I shoot. All it, right. But yeah. Well, yeah, but you're treating it with it's <laughs> still the circle it. of life. Yeah. It's the circle of life. This is the this is the Ron Swanson ethos. It's the ethical carnivore situation. Like exactly. I I ever since I took that freshman uh, philo class that I wouldn't stop droning on to you guys about <laughs> like about food ethics. I just I'm really struck by the hypocrisy of of eating and consuming um, factory raised meat and getting pissed at people who genuinely hunt uh for for meat i understand being anti-sport hunting if you you know just eat factory farmed meat but like mm-hmm. being against people who who would shoot and then eat an animal when you eat a, a cow that has lived a truly horrific horrific life <laughs> is just crazy to me yeah all right, dog. Number eight. Number eight um, is surprisingly low on the list, but this one is going to be all of your big game experiences. So we ended up seeing really, like, yeah, we ended up seeing giraffes up close. You know, like maybe oh, 40, shit. 50 feet away. Um, we were in one of the national parks, and there was a bull elephant right next to the road, and so we were driving <laughs> up to it. And it was like 10, 20 feet away. And it was kind of like starting to get tired of us. It was kind of like charging us just a little bit. Like ears were flared out. It was kind of like, get out of here. But we were just like right in the middle of it. And that was such a cool experience. Wow. Did you come across any mice to test the uh, elephants scared of mice theory? <laughs> Unfortunately, no. <gasps> Damn. But we did see lots of elephant poop that <laughs> would have been uh, very useful if, good, if we found a mouse. Good place to hide a mouse. Yeah. Mike, would you say for the listeners at home that the giraffe and the elephant were bigger, the same size, or smaller than you had pictured in your head? I would say the elephant we saw was probably a little bit smaller than I had pictured, um, but it might have just been a smaller elephant, a younger one. Um, The giraffes were huge. 
bigger than I imagine, like thicker than you imagine too. With two um, C's. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, oh yeah. For sure. And absolutely silent. Like you could be, you know, walking around and you don't hear anything. You don't see any draft. Then you like turn around. <laughs> oh, there's like a 20 foot tall thing behind you. Just standing there looking at you. <laughs> You're red stew, motherfucker. It's kind of terrifying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's pretty terrifying. Yeah. What I can imagine a scenario where I'm like, do 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 do, and like you can't hear it, and then you just see like in front of you, the like the shadow of the neck extending like past like your <laughs> line of sight, <laughs> like, and then you look straight up, and it's like, <laughs> <laughs> that's like the literally the perfect monster movie shot. Yeah. Uh <laughs> All right, so what so what else did you see? So you saw you saw those, and you're in like a uh, a jeep at the time. Yes, um, your mm-hmm. stereotypical Toyota Tacoma, you know, beige, yep. sitting in the back on you know metal metal seats in the back. So we were just kind of driving around, and there's your big animals. We got to see some water buffalo, um, and we heard some hippo. Didn't actually see them. But they were. Oh, that's that's crazy. They're actually terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. And that noise is like a is like a. It's like a it's like a really guttural sort of deep, mm-hmm. right? Like what's that sort of the noise you're hearing? Yeah, yeah like they're coming yes. for your booty. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. So we can what was we the rhino situation? No rhinos. We did see a rhino from a distance, but it was facing away from us. So you didn't get like the, you know, the glamour shot with the the horn coming out and everything. It was just like, here's kind of a right butt cheek of a rhino. And that's about it. Dude, even that. That's more butt cheeks than I've ever seen. Rhinos are by far my favorite pachyderm and definitely my favorite animal overall. (laughs) (laughs) pretty awesome yeah that's that's incredible mikey mike like there's just so many things about this experience that i feel like you can now check off of a list that so many people have like this is for sure this is these are things that i think pretty much anybody with a television set would love to do like that's just so cool like Mm -hmm. seeing a rhino in person holy crap yeah i I imagine there's probably a very very big difference because i've seen a rhino in the zoo right but like seeing a rhino in the zoo even closer, like really close up compared to seeing a rhino from afar in yeah. a place where that rhino fucking lives has got to be a very different experience. And I imagine you've been to a zoo, so you would know that difference. Yeah. And that was something that actually came up when we were, when we saw the rhino and the elephant, our, our guide was like, hey, they have a, a big cat sanctuary across the street or whatever. Um, where they had lions and, and whatnot. And we're like, that'd be interesting. But then he was like, they, they're all caged up because they're actual predatory animals. So they're dangerous. And it's like, you don't want to see that kind of animal. If you're in Africa, you don't want to see that animal in a cage. I can go to a zoo and see a a lion in a cage. Yeah. Um, But to see it in the wild and in its element, that's a whole other experience. Wow. So that's fantastic. Yeah. Now, I'm, uh, that, see, I think, uh, t- again, to get back to the point about you and your, like, great respect for the circle of life, 
Like, I, I really admire that you would be like, yeah, I don't know. That's not that interesting to me. I don't want to see that. I can see that anywhere yeah. else. This is to me about like, ex- you wanted to really experience the place you were at, which I really like. Mike, were there any portions of this trip that you could possibly not have liked that would have construed a not top three? Or did you just skip this bit? I did have a not top three. Oh, um, oh blah, 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 blah. hold on then. Mikey, Mike, mm-hmm. could you help us out here? I believe this is where, um, what's the guy's name? Corey, Corey or something. Kevin? Is it Kevin? Okay. <laughs> Your boy, Kevin. <laughs> I think Kevin has some, uh, some awesome music for us. So cue that music. Boom. Wow. Stank alert. <laughs> and an utterly seamless cue. Thank you, Michael. Yeah, that really was an excellent cue. Well well done. I do what I can. Yeah, you're a good man. All right. Re- ready for the not top three then? Hit it. Let her rip. The uh, the first item on this list is um, going to be Johannesburg itself. Um, oh, interesting. In general. Huh. Um, and I, I don't know if it was just my expectations of like going on a safari and then being in this big city. Um, I didn't enjoy it, but then also you had a ton of like smog in the city and on the way out, you go through this whole area of like kind of slums, which was really kind of just upsetting to see like just little shanty towns and stuff. And it was just kind of not the kind of atmosphere that you wanted to start a vacation on like an enjoyable thing. It was just not, uh, not what I was expecting right off the bat. It's kind of funny you say that because I feel like I unfairly, my only image of Johannesburg in my head is like the slums from District 9. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's interesting. But were you, how much time did you spend in Johannesburg proper? We only spent, like we landed at 7 p.m. Um, and then we spent that night and left the city at 9 the next morning. So we spent one night there. Okay. And then kind of an afternoon in the airport on the way back. So we didn't spend a ton of time yeah. in the city itself, but just driving through and, and seeing what we saw, it wasn't uh, the best experience. Huh. It's, I think it's funny you say that. Cause I find those, those experiences to be tone centers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt the same way when, when I went to um, Positano and we landed in Naples and I was like, yeah, this place sucks. <laughs> And like we were driving out, and I was, it was, I kind of felt the same way. It was like, it's sort of an impoverished area and just like a dump. And it starts you off on a weird note, and then you get to this awesome place and you have the dream vacation. But it it can, it can kind of mess with you if you go somewhere and it, the, the opening salvo is just weird. Yeah. Kind of just makes you wish that you could parachute out of the airplane and land where you're going to (laughs) end up, you know, and then just be able to skip all that other stuff. Could imagine you actually, I I feel like you're actually qualified (laughs) to do so. Yeah, let's let's look yeah. into that. <laughs> See what I can do. Mm-hmm. All right, the next one is gonna tie in with number nine in the landscape. Um, on mm-hmm. one of our trips to the national parks, we uh, ended up driving up this like cliff face, and you've got a wall on your right side, a single mm-hmm. lane road that you're driving up, <laughs> like very steeply and then a very steep drop on your left. And yep, you guys fun. probably know I'm not a fan of heights. So that was just kind of like 
get me on the other side of the car and hang on yep. for dear life. So very understandable. Uh-huh. That's a very reasonable, not top three. Yeah. I'm not really that afraid of heights, but that sounds harrowing. And I think I'd have some issues with that too. So next and the last one on this list on the not top three is uh, experience I had with uh, security in the airport on the way back. <laughs> Um, ah, interesting. I thought you were going to go with the seatsy flies. <laughs> we didn't have too many issues with bugs. That's good. Yeah. So I wanted to bring back some souvenirs, and they happened to be empty rifle casings. Oh. Uh, <laughs> our hunting adventures. <laughs> and uh, I thought, hey, they're just empty casings. <laughs> What's the harm? Yeah. And... Uh, Security guy kind of pulls me aside and says, we're going to have to talk to you. So they pull me into this corner corner room. Oh, my God. Mike, can you explain for the uh, for the listening audience at home, just to be clear how kind of ridiculous this is, like, explain what an empty casing from a rifle actually is, just to clarify that you were not being a nutbag. So just like a general idea of a bullet, you have the actual yeah. projectile, which is the pointy kind of copper lead um, bit. And then you have that, yeah. the casing is brass, which is just kind of a hollow mm-hmm. can, essentially. Um, mm-hmm. And then you have gunpowder inside of that casing. Um, so an empty casing is li- literally a, a really thin piece of brass with maybe some residue of gunpowder. But in it. Import- that's it. importantly, though, it's not like the part of the bullet that enters like no. your target like it's not pointed or sharp or like no. it's in no you way dangerous it couldn't it couldn't cause any damage if you tried to use it to cause damage and it's inert because right. there's there's no gunpowder left or so little it's like, that it's it's, it's like carrying a quarter onto a plane it's like a small piece of metal right like <laughs> right yeah 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 it'd be like or uh, bringing your blunted tourney sword <laughs> <laughs> that's a bummer that sucks yeah yeah that does suck. But look, uh, my my sister and my dad managed to bring their casings through just fine. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we we decided it's that, that look. Yeah, I, I look suspicious. But we decided that we could we could buy a case of shells and and just use those as souvenirs anyway. It's uh, we know we know we got the animals we got, and it's just, it'll just be fun to have uh, the memories and some little souvenir. So yeah, yeah. Bastards. Sons know, of bitches. Right? Yeah. But it is what it is. What are you gonna do? That's all so I got when you turned night. the table when you turned the tables on them and started interrogating them, did they cower in fear as all men do before you? A little bit, but then they called in backup and, you know, SWAT officers yeah. with, with automatic rifles and all that. Decided I get to, that. to back down just a little bit. And you could have kept going Smart but at this move. point it was like a time thing. You're like, I just don't want to deal with it. Yeah. I don't want to miss my flight. Yeah. You know, yeah. All that, all that red tape. So. Yep. Is that the end of your uh, not top three then there, Michael? That's all I got for the not top three. Wunderbar. What about um, number seven? Number seven is um, ahead of the big game is just everyday animals. Um, like your, I guess, mm. everyday in quotes. So, you know, your Gemsbuck, your yeah. antelope, your kudu. Um being in a area where like either you're stalking them and they're in control, they're in their element, or 
sitting in a blind and watching them at a watering hole or something and like just seeing them live life and like that kind of interaction was awesome because you don't really get that from a, a TV screen or whatever. And with the big game, you're in a truck and you're kind of protected, but with the smaller stuff, you were out there and on your own. I feel like we've talked about mostly big type animals. Did you see anything smaller? Like, like, and this may be ignorant. Like, did you see meerkats or stuff like that? Or like, what's the smaller type of animals that live out there? Um, I don't think we saw any meerkats. There were lots of warthogs. Nice. Ooh. Yeah. Do they sing? Uh, not quite. Did they pass they wind? Some funny noises though. <laughs> Potentially. When I was a young My friends <laughs> never stand down wind. <laughs> oh, the shame. <laughs> oh, the shame. That's such a great line. (laughs) (laughs) So disingenuous. Anyways. Small, medium game. So we had warthogs and there were some smaller antelopes that were, you know, maybe 50 pounds or whatever, kind of sprinting around. And then you had more of your bigger game. And that's about it. That's so cool. Yeah. So did you see any cool? Well, I want to know about birds. Let's talk birds. Did you see any like vultures? Any flamingos? Like, talk to me about talk to me about the 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 avian velociraptors, that kind of thing. <laughs> there were yeah, whatever of, you got. Um, lots of cranes. Mm, some, I like a good crane. Yeah, there were some like geese type birds, uh, African geese. I think they were. Um, not a ton of birds, but enough to kind of keep you interested there were some little you know um sparrow type birds just kind of flitting around but um Mm -hmm. some ostrich technically a bird oh that's a cool one Mm -hmm. what about bugs were there enormous fucking bugs because when we were in australia they seemed to have like mostly the same bugs that we have but just like seven times bigger (laughs) <laughs> I didn't get bugged by the bugs too much, um, surprisingly, because usually I'm I'm kind of a like a mosquito magnet or whatever, but they didn't bother me, so I, d- I don't have much to say on the bugs if they were big or not. Wow, that's guys, <laughs> interesting. That's great. Any snakes? No live snakes. Uh, one of the guys at the <laughs> lodge loved playing pranks, so he had a little rubber snake that he would you know lay around the place and try to scare people, but. No live ones. Okay. Nice. All right. Well, I like this one. This was a good pick. Yeah. Number six um, is actually tying into your uh, Pumbaa references, and it's all of the Lion King moments (laughs) we had. Um, So, like I said, with the warthogs, you got them running around, and their tails are always pointed straight up in the air, just like Pumbaa's. Oh, that's so good. And uh, so good. We actually came across a hyena den. What out there? Yeah. Wait. So do you, like an occupied hyena den? Yes. We didn't see the hyena though. We don't know okay. where it was, but it was like Whoa. it was perfect. If you compared it to the Lion King, like just this desolate area, like we were in the middle of the woods, and there's trees all around. You come up, and it's just like this caked mud. 
all around the place. You have like skeletons, hundreds of elephant skeletons everywhere. I was gonna say, do you really have the skeletons? It's like the elephant graveyard. Yes, yes you have it. It's exactly like. Wait for real? It, yes. That's fucking it crazy. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, I've got some advice for you. If you go back, what's that? Be prepared. <laughs> <laughs> where they're like yeah. wow. noxious green evil gases coming out of the ground <laughs> you could definitely imagine it for sure wow that's actually fucking wild i assumed that was like highly that's dramatized so cool. the film no no it wasn't and like i was saying you're kind of walking through a perfectly lush area and then it's just desolate desolate and it's, it's insane but they nailed it that's in the so movie. cool mikey mike Wow. Were, were there any other good Lion King moments that you you kind of come to mind? Um, my sister and I kind of had a moment where um, we had taken a wildebeest and it was like Mufasa's revenge, you know? That was kind of a fun little joke. <laughs> oh my God. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so good. But that's about it for actual Lion King moments. Okay. Still though, wow! That's a huge. What a great pick! That's a huge thing. The, uh, I'm really pleased with your account of the elephant graveyard. Yeah, I mean it's a bummer yeah. that those elephants got eight, but it happens. <laughs> you know what that is, Kyle? Is the circle of life. Yep, that's absolutely what it is. Did you see any baboons with like sticks that were really sassy and would whack you on the head if you weren't paying attention? Mm. We did. Good we question. Did see baboons. Um, they hid the sticks pretty well. Wait, like for real? For real baboons. Do they have big red asses? Yes, they did. <laughs> all right. That's all I wanted to know. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> the important questions. Yeah. Do we know why they have big red asses? Have we Googled this? I think it's a mating thing. I Is it? Right. Mm-hmm. That makes I sense. I don't know why. All I- right. Uh, you guys. Yeah, sorry. I don't, know. I don't know why humans haven't adopted this practice because I feel like if I had a big red ass. Oh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I paint it. It's like a little bit of rouge on my behind. <laughs> just a little rouge, touch of just a yeah. touch, just a touch. Anyways, <laughs> I, I I'm a, I'm gonna be looking this up. But I'm just gonna look up butt. Oh wow, those baboons are mating. Ew. <laughs> I'm on my I'm on, I'm currently to be clear I'm on my work computer <laughs> as we speak uh, <laughs> protruding buttocks. He's <laughs> got uh, oh wait a second guys no no okay so uh oh god that is disgusting that photo of that ass wow um they have thick fur except on their muzzle short tails and rough spots on their protruding buttocks called ischial callosities or ischial callosities these calluses are nerveless hairless <laughs> pads of skin that provide for the sitting comfort of the baboon <laughs> this, this audio transitions immediately to pans out and mike's sitting wearing a suit in a conference room and they <laughs> hit the tape recorder and like <laughs> yeah <laughs> so anyways you're terminated. <laughs> <laughs> 100, 
100%. It says the pads enable monkeys to sleep upright on thin branches beyond reach of predators without falling. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, I cannot believe how how unbelievable. I just can't believe how graphic this photo of this monkey's <laughs> ass is right now. I'm sending it to you guys in our group chat. We're so for the listeners, we're currently in a um uh, a Google chat. That's how we're doing this. So, guys, I just messaged it to you. Just look at the top right photo and zoom in on it. It's it's very upsetting. Mike. This is my work computer. Oh my god. <laughs> Do you see that? Are you actually no, looking I am. at it? Ugh. Good God. We're not going to put that on Instagram. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> I know this isn't very good uh, audio, but you should definitely Google Ischial Colossity. Uh, we'll, we'll figure out how on to spell it. Just start with computer. Baboon and do some... Yeah, do some linking. Go on private mode on your personal yeah. comp. That seems like... All right, Mike. That so like that's, good... that's uh, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> good time for number five. Yeah. Huh? Moving on. Um, <clears throat> Mike, you're gonna you're gonna be getting this one soon, but it's uh, buck fever. So, whenever you're like in the moment of a hunt and you've you've found the animal and you're you're aimed, you're getting ready to pull the trigger, and your heart's just pumping out of your chest, that adrenaline rush is just something else. It's awesome. So you you can get that you know any any hunting trip you go on, but um it's just that awesome that it's made it to number five on the list wow so, so i don't want to i don't again I don't, i'm trying not to spoil things are you going to tell us specific animals that you took down uh later like is that something that can, can you just tell us now because i want to hear how cool it would be to be looking down the barrel of of your rifle and seeing whatever it is that you saw yeah i don't have any specifics of um all right so, so tell animals. us what's what so, I mean, if you're, you're looking down the scope and, and depending on the animal, sometimes it's way bigger than you imagine. Um, like I have one in mind with a, a Gemsbuck and we, we come around a corner and this animal just looks like it's 10 feet tall and it's, it's insane. And, and somebody says, hands you a gun and says, you know, shoot this one and like hardly even register that there's other animals there. And you're just kind of like, you're living entirely in the moment and just thinking like, oh, don't screw this up. Don't screw this up. And and you're trying to remain calm when it's one of the most exciting experiences you'll ever have. And it's it's just so difficult to do. But it's it's like nothing else. Wow. So, Mikey, Mike, can you I want a couple pieces of information. So what do, what do you use your equipment? So you mentioned a scope. What are you what are you actually shooting here? Uh, so that's question one. Question two is. Give me your your shots. You successfully took down what and how. OK, so we're shooting a, a 308, which um, if you're not aware with calibers, that's fine. But like a deer usually shoot like a 273. So. 273 is the diameter of the, the actual bullet projectile. So 308 is a bigger caliber, which is a pretty big bullet for hunting any kind of game. Sometimes it wasn't even enough for these animals. They would just run for, for miles. But um, Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. With, you know, busted up shoulders or whatever, they would just run, um, which was crazy. But we actually ended up taking my dad 
took a, an antelope um, and a zebra and a kudu. What? Oh, oh my God. So those were his three. Uh, I ended up shooting. And what, what did he get? What, what kind of shots did he get on him? Like, did he go heart? What did he get him? Um, the antelope ended up being a, a gut shot. Um, but we were, mm-hmm. I'm going to defend him. He's a better shot than that. And we weren't really happy with the way the bullets were flying. So we got that sorted out later on. Um, mm-hmm. His zebra, he got through um, both of the main arteries in the neck. So the, the zebra so good was shot actually, from dad. It was a good shot, but the zebra actually ended up sprinting like a quarter mile. Just like it should have been dead on the ground, but it was sprinting. Fuck. And just so tough. So it's it just was, dumping was, blood everywhere. It's got to yes. just be absolutely dumping. Yes. Yeah. Um, crazy. And then his kudu was a perfect heart shot. It stumbled for 50 yards and it was down. So that was awesome. For myself, I uh, I shot a, a Gemsbuck and a Warthog. So the Gemsbuck, oh. I, I kind of screwed up the shot and got it on the back shoulder. Um, and it actually ended up busting up that shoulder, but it still ran for probably two or three miles. And we had to track it. Um, and it just, like, you could you could see its prints where it was, like, dragging a foot. And it was just And you're not you're not going. tracking on foot, are you? You're yeah, on like a We're uh, on foot. You're tracking on foot? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. See, that sounds really fucking sometimes. fun. Like that, yeah. I'm sure the whole thing was fun. But like to actually like have to chase an animal like that and like not have it yeah. in your line of sight the whole time was probably fucking yep. really, really cool. Yeah, and you you really didn't have line of sight. Like you could see ten feet in front of you and that was bushes. Like you couldn't see past that. So it was looking at looking at trails, and that's it. That's all you have to go off. Isn't that kind of scary? Like, you don't know. If you can't see further than 10 feet ahead of you, like, you can't see what you're chasing, but you also can't see, yeah. like, whatever else is out there, right? Like, exactly. that sounds, like, exactly. really intense. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Man. Wow. Um, Mikey Mike. Yeah. And then my sister ended up shooting a wildebeest, which was another excellent shot it uh it ran a little bit and then it went right down so it was it was fighting the whole time but it was it was a really good shot so i'm not surprised to hear you be far more complimentary of your father and sisters shooting than your own yeah Um, but i'm also not surprised to hear that there was some strong work from the entire clan Uh uh-huh yeah so we we've had lots of practice you know my sister and i have been hunting all our lives my dad's been hunting all his life so we've got you know, 80 years of experience between all of us. It's... So, Mike, did you bag, like, one a day, or was it, like, how how spread out was it? It was about one a day. Um, we got skunked one day, I think. We didn't get anything. But um, the rest of it, I think it was all one per day, I think. So we got six animals. I think we were there for seven days. We were hunting for seven days. Okay, yeah. So it all checks out. Fuck. And did you, were we able to bag it all and bring it back? Like what percentage of those did you end up like eating? I'm not sure how much of the actual game we ate because they might have had some still on hand. Um, but we we took it all back to the um, to the lodge. 
and they divvied it up. Some of it they, they give to a local butcher shop and then they can sell it. Obviously, it seems that it's this is how it would go. But it's good to hear that you're not just like, cool, we fucking killed the zebra and then left it. Like, the, it's yeah, it's being used, right? Yeah, you don't just chop the horns off and leave it yeah. and take the trophy and, and leave the rest. It's it's all used and um, it's we're being respectful of the animals and, and all that good stuff. So, yeah, no surprises. Yeah. Damn, I, as someone who has literally no hunting experience this sounds both incredibly intimidating but also very exhilarating and i'm kind of surprised to hear you put it this low on your list especially considering what i know of your love of hunting so yeah um there is one that that comes up higher on the list but um it gets a little more philosophical towards the top of the list let's do it i like it yeah all right, so that was, was that number five? Yeah. That was five, yeah. All right, so hit us with number four, big dog. Number four is going to be the night sky down there. Oh, wow. Could you see your ancestors up there? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, for sure. They were watching. They found their place in the stars. But um, you're just so far away from any civilization there's no light pollution. Uh, we could actually look up at the sky and see the Milky Way with your bare with your naked eyes. Oh my god! Um, yeah, you're just that far out and incredible. Like there's more stars you can even imagine out there. You know, you look up in a city and you see twenty stars maybe, but out there there's thousands of them. That must have been like a transcendent, like out of body experience for you because. Yeah, I mean, we know your appreciation of all things outer space, <laughs> and uh-huh. I'm like, get, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about you experiencing <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was something else for sure. And yeah, as somebody who who's who's your friend, it makes me happy to imagine you getting that experience because, like Kyle said, it's. I think the listeners know, but like that's. It's so up your alley. Like, you're a man of outer space. It's so cool that you got to have such a communal, like, communing with the universe. Type That's at your core. Like, you have such a respect for, for for that whole kind of avenue of science and, like, the, the kind of uncertainty that comes with it. And, like, to have that experience... Yeah. On the, at the same time when you're, like, in, in South Africa with your family capitalizing yep. on another one of your passions, this is... This is making me so ha- fucking happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Wow, so that was that was something else. Um, and you get all kinds of cool stuff with um, like the the Southern Cross in the sky. So like, they don't have the North Star, obviously. So your Southern Hemisphere equivalent is the Southern Cross. Um, the The moon actually is like tilted a little bit from what we're used to. So we have the man on the moon, right? With all the craters um, down there, they think of it as the, the rabbit on the moon because the moon is like sideways for them. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So it was just kind of a fun little experience too. Not quite as. Yeah. Something I don't think about. Certainly not. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Something else for sure. Damn son. 
All right, so do you have any honorable mentions, or do you want to just spring right into the top three? I have a couple honorable mentions um, that we've kind of touched on a little bit, at least one of them. Uh, one of them is going to be the the tracking. So mm-hmm. it was amazing seeing the the hunter that or our guide like going through the bush and looking at footprints or spotting like one little drop of blood in this huge area or one little broken stick and saying, Oh yeah, our animal went that way and just doing it effortlessly. And we're, we're following behind and like, I don't know where the heck we are, but he knows exactly where he's going. And, and it was just to see that skill level is something else. Cause hunting back home, we're so used to having line of sight where you, you see an animal, you shoot it and it runs. And it's like, Oh, it's still over there. But, down there like i was saying you you can see 10 15 feet in front of you but okay the animal runs half a mile and how are you going to find it you know it's it'd be impossible without that skill set so that was cool to see um a funny one they have uh apparently a custom down there is they put like hot water um bags essentially in their beds to like warm them up before you go to sleep Hmm. Um, Ooh. and they actually, like, they were like the, almost like whoopee cushions, you know, kind of that rubbery feeling, <laughs> Yeah. but they were covered in animal hides. So like mine had like a leopard print on it. And so <laughs> I, I wasn't aware they did it. So I pulled back the sheets on the bed and there's this like fur thing, just like jiggling in my bed. And I was like, what the heck is that? <laughs> Cause it, it looks like an animal <laughs> moving around in your bed. <laughs> oh, it's, it's a... Uh, it's a water bag, but uh, so it was <laughs> just kind awesome. of kind of funny. And then an honorable mention, just because it wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be, is the flight. So I think I mentioned earlier it was sixteen hours in the plane, both ways. And can you tell us where you are flying from? Straight from Atlanta to Johannesburg. Mm-hmm. Whoa, nonstop. Okay. Yeah, so sixteen hours in the air, and it surprisingly wasn't terrible not what i was expecting that is surprising yeah, yeah. They, they had enough meals and and enough like it was overnight so you slept half the trip and and you had enough meals to break everything up so it was it was surprisingly uh bearable that's all i had for honorable mentions very good all right want to take us to the number three number three is going to be uh chats around the campfire so Pretty much every night after supper, we would light a campfire and we'd all just sit around and kind of shoot the shit. Um, and we got to talking about all the you know other hunters that came through and crazy characters or awesome hunts that they went on, telling stories that we had from back home. Um, one of the guys that um, actually worked at the lodge, he spent a couple of years doing anti-poaching stuff. So he would actually um, sleep out in the bush with a pack of rhinos and he would protect them from poachers. Um, So he would just be sleeping out in the bushes with rhinos there. And he said like he um, showed us like little videos that he took from where he was sleeping in a bush where you hear gunfire from poachers all around and stuff. And just kind of getting the culture of the area was awesome. Um knowing how much they respect the animals and and seeing how 
this is kind of a, a, a shared bond that we have with a love of hunting um, that crosses oceans or hemispheres, whatever. Um, people across the world can have similar experiences. That so was awesome. Wow. It, yeah. I'd love to have some sort of thought or comment, but that was just so perfectly phrased <laughs> and perfectly put. Wow. I, 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 you're right. You're, I feel like we're getting into kind of philosophical territory. Like this too feels like something that appeals to your, your base nature. Yeah. Which is mm-hmm. pleasing to me. hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. Yeah. Ready for number two? Yeah. Okay. This, Always. This is another one, a little bit philosophical um, and a little more personal. So like I said, my sister and I grew up hunting with our dad the past 20 years of my life, you know, that's been a thing and being able to experience that in Africa, it was, it was just an amplification of this history of memories that we have. So I was trying to think of examples for you guys that you might kind of relate to, like you love baseball. So, you know, imagine watching a baseball game with your dad on TV growing up and then going to your first game in person, you know, like how that's yeah. just a huge step up from, from what you know and love. And so it's, you have all these fond memories and it's just a whole like 10 steps higher, you know, it's just awesome. Like you're making me, uh, <laughs> you're, you're hitting me right in the fields here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's just, that's just so special. And for the listeners, I, Kyle and I both have, I think a cool thing about our college experience, um, that's part of why we do this podcast and why we have wanted to bring on our friends is just we've gotten to know our friends and their families really intimately over the past, you know, whatever, however many years it is. And it's been a really cool experience to actually develop our own relationships with each other's parents. And um, this is really cool for me to hear because Mike's dad is a really special guy. He's just a the classic strong, silent type, um, but that's just the exterior. He's a he's just a really yeah. sweet guy who who raised a good a good kid who we who we like quite a bit, um, <laughs> and who worked really really fucking hard for his family like really fucking hard for his family. And it's really cool that he's getting some reward that he deserves uh, to get to experience stuff like that. Like that's fucking awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's like, I mean, obviously like you've just told us how much that meant to you. And I obviously couldn't possibly speak for your dad, but I have to imagine teaching your son and your daughter how to do something like that and spending mm-hmm. so much time and time in that part of your lives. And then like you said, elevating it to this level must've been just such an incredible feeling. So that's awesome. I liked what you did there. You compared it to, but even, even so like the, the idea of you guys realizing that kind of like, I guess it's like kind of a dream. Like you're realizing a, a, a dream you had to like go on this adventure and, and you did exactly. it together. That's amazing. Once in a lifetime yeah. opportunity, awesome trip. So, what could possibly top that? Yeah, I'm starting to doubt myself too. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but the reasoning behind uh, number one is one of all 
first of all, it's a, uh, it's a really cool story. So it's, it's easier to tell, you know, like uh, philosophical things are really emotional, but not, a, not as fun to tell as a story. <laughs> that, that's, that is perfectly consistent with uh, what, what you judge worthy of telling us and not. <laughs> <laughs> and also I wanted to end with a bang. So yeah. um, number one is going to be a zebra chase. That we went oh. on. Um, so we were just uh, driving around one day. Um, we were actually checking like some some water pumps with uh, with the guys working there, and we we're just like, "Oh, let's drive around and see what we see." And we end up see, seeing like this herd of zebra off to our left, you know, fifty yards away or whatever. And so we kind of like sneak up. We're, we're driving on a dirt road, and we're kind of like sneaking up towards them, and they keep moving ahead of us just a little bit, keeping their distance. And uh, we slowly start speeding up, speeding up, speeding up. And next thing you know, we're going like 35, 40 miles an hour down this dirt road with like, you know, curving all over the place. And these zebra are keeping up with us. Like they're oh sprinting God. beside us. And and we're, you know, hauling down this dirt road. We're hanging on in the back of the truck, you know, barely hanging on. And the driver speeds up even more to get ahead of him and he he takes a hard left at like this intersection and and he slams on the brakes and his zebra come just crashing thundering across the road in front of us like literally right in front of the truck and and there's just like this cloud of dust and you hear the hooves as they're just thundering past you and it was just like just a heart heart pumping moment that was awesome to see just a stampede of zebra yeah. I'm a, that's, well, first of all, like, it sounds like almost frightening, but like to know that yeah. you were going to be okay when he slammed on the brakes like that, it must have been <laughs> such an awesome feeling to just witness like the strength and power of like a herd of zebra, right? Like, and, it, yeah. and that like must have impressed on you so much, like the, yeah. the raw kind of like energy of it all. Because yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're they're like full size horses, you know, five six hundred pound animals just running at forty miles an hour across in front of you. Like how <laughs> fucked you would have been if they had screwed it up and like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he would have been the Mufasa. In that scenario. Yeah, <laughs> you just can't fabricate that kind of experience. Like that is no, no, that like. No. That's awesome. <laughs> like actual danger. Yeah, yeah. That's exhilarating. Christ. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Mike, you are an American treasure. And I am <laughs> sure that your new friends in South Africa uh, think the same of you. And I'm sure that they're expecting some sort of text updating them on your life. And I'm sure they're not <laughs> no. getting it. Most definitely they won't be. <laughs> Mike, um, before we get to recapping and adjourning here, I'd like to say um, th thank you for sharing this with us. Like, some of this stuff, yeah, especially yeah. at the top, is not, like, deeply personal, I don't I don't think, but it is, you know, your yeah. experience, and we appreciate you sharing it with us. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. It's fun to catch up, first of all, but it's also awesome to... Like, all of this kind of fits with our picture of you and what we know of you and what we love about you so much. Yeah. But to, to hear mm -hmm. you and see you tell it has been um, a lot of fun. So thank you. 
Yeah. yeah. Totally agreed. I think sometimes uh, it's it's like it's sort of an awkward um it it can be a strange dynamic having a conversation that you know is going to be on a podcast with somebody who you care about and and trying to like have the actual conversation because we want to have this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um but it's it's really cool that I'm really glad that we waited so that other people could share this because I feel like Kyle and I are are just often singing your praises in joking ways, but I'm very glad that this is in evidence uh, for other people to listen to because it's a real, like Kyle said, it's a real testament to the things that we love about you. Thank you. Yeah, that was, um, I was thinking about this as kind of like the perfect medium for me to tell the story because like I said, if, if we were sitting down and just having a regular conversation, you would probably have to pry stuff out of me and I wouldn't have a list of stuff to talk about, right? But you asked me to <laughs> put is, together uh, a that list. That is very true. And and so I had to have talking points and I had to think about all this stuff and, and have it all lined up and ready to go. So that's the formula. Next time we want to know about what's going on with you, we just have to force you to make a list <laughs> yeah. for us. Yeah. Tie me down. Yeah, top 10 things you ate for, ate for lunch this last yeah. week. <laughs> Peanut butter sandwich. Peanut butter sandwich. Peanut <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> First lunch, second lunch. <laughs> uh, all right. All right, Mike, do you want to recap for us? Sure. At number 10 was the food. Number nine is the landscape. Number eight is the big game. Number seven is the everyday animals, in air quotes. Number six is all the Lion King moments. Number five <laughs> is buck fever. Number four is the night sky. Number three is our chats around the campfire. Number two is the amplified family memories. And number one is the zebra chase. Amazing. Mikey Mike, what an absolute I can't wait for the zebra chase scene in the movie of Mikey Mike's life. (laughs) It's going to be awesome. Who do we we think plays Mikey Mike in the film? Probably the Rocks kid. Oh yeah, you're right. You're at. You know what? Case closed. That's that's correct. It'd be the only person enormous enough to portray Michael in a film. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 all about the pecs. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, there's some people who I think have like triceps that could rival Mikey Mike's, but nobody has that chest. I would. You would need Tom Hardy's traps and The Rock's pecs. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> but all right, you flatter me. Well, <laughs> uh-huh. all right, before we go, Kyle, we got a couple things That's to right. say. That's uh, right. As Mike mentioned earlier, our uh, Stanky Not Top 3 music was performed or written uh, and performed by the incomparable Kevin McLeod, as was our theme music. And of course, mm-hmm. our. Thank yeah, you, thank Kevin. you, Kev. And our artwork, which uh, displays our faces, as you know, was put together by. Erin Sant. She's also very, very talented. If you want to see more of her things, you could do so at Sant Design on the old Instagram. And our social media work was done by the lovely Caroline Labranti. She can be found on the old internets. Just Google the name. You'll figure it out. Uh, Some of the work she's done for us is on our Twitter. Mediocre at best. Our Facebook our Instagram, those are all top 10 KM with the 10 spelled out, T-E-N. 
And if you have thoughts, suggestions, you want to be on a podcast, uh, you just kind of want to tell us we suck, top10km at gmail.com. Please send us some feedback. Finally, I'm sure you're listening to this on some sort of podcast app, but if you want another one, you can check us out on the Apple Podcast app, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, pretty much wherever podcasts can be found. Mr. Kyle, that uh, that's what I would say. I think you said it all. Stay tuned on Instagram. We're going to at least post a picture of the Devil Catchers and hopefully some other cool pics from Mikey's trip. Yeah, we will. Uh, this will this will be a good follow up for us to squeeze ever more out of Mikey <laughs> Mike. Get some photos. All right. Thanks to both of you, Michael. Right, Mike. Thanks for joining us. All right. Thanks for having me, right. buddies. Peace.